When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. That's excellent, man. Come on. We're going to do it. Make it going. We're going. We're going. We're going. We're going. We're going. <laughs> Oh, man. Judd, you're muted there. There you go. Not totally comfortable. He he wasn't totally comfortable. I don't know. Yeah, O'Connell was not. Yeah, I didn't like that. He wasn't feeling the the skull chant. He wasn't feeling it. No question How can we make him more comfortable doing the skull chant? We should get Kevin on here and see if he wants to do a... We don't really do guests on the show very often. You know, we'll bring our draft experts and Eric Eager for analytics mm-hmm. and stuff. We should mm-hmm. try and get KOC or Quasi on the show here KOC in the coming would come weeks. On. Very I think in- he would too. Yeah, we'll be very intentional with our. I think Quasi. I think Quasi would too. Oh. You know, couple of couple of analytics guys going back and forth, talking ball. <laughs> Old Macadac and Quasi. Me just reading Pro Football Focus statistics to Quasi. And, I'm sure he'd uh, love that. Him using the word intentional fifteen mm-hmm. times. Uh, this is Purple Daily, by the way. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. It's Mackie Judd, executive producer, Declan Goff. The show is presented by Surly Brewing Company and TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's a four-question Friday here. And speaking of Quasi and Kevin O'Connell, question number one is, now that we've basically seeing the offseason play out in terms of player acquisition you know the second part of the offseason now is player development and system installation and a bunch of things that are more behind the curtain that we won't really see play out until games start right you know they got the OTAs and mini camps and stuff coming up here the rookie camp but in terms of the things that we saw from January through the draft it, roster construction player acquisition and everything you've seen and heard from Quasi and KOC at press conferences etc Mm-hmm. What is your assessment of those two guys now that they've completed their first, you know, first leg of their first offseason? Oh, it's very, very tough to say because I don't know that I like I, I need to w- wait and see because I fundamentally don't agree with some of the approach, which doesn't mean that the players are bad. It just means that my approach would, would have been much more like what Ryan Poles did in Chicago than here. Um. I think O'Connell has a very good idea of what he wants to do with this team from a personnel standpoint um, at, on game day. Is that going to work or not? No clue. Um, 
on Quasi, I literally need to wait and see because his approach is so different from from the you know traditional football guys, which is fine, absolutely fine. But I need to see if the execution from a personnel standpoint of what his plan is actually works and, and how, if this makes sense, how on point he is with what his beliefs are and how they translate to the sport. So it's really hard for me to assess because I feel like it's still... Like the roster is just about done, but I feel like there's still a lot of work in progress here to see how it works out because it's definitely a philosophy that I didn't agree with. Doesn't mean that I'm right and they're wrong, but it does mean that there's some interpretation left to be seen. So that's that's a long way of saying I don't really want to make a commitment to black or white. Yeah, it's great or no, it's bad because I'm not quite sure that it's the right approach. And I'm curious. Now. Yeah, and I get that it's kind of an unfair question because the games will tell the story, right? The, if if they if they win twelve games or something, then right, they exactly. were very clearly right. Exactly. If they win eight games again, then all right, was it worth it, or should you maybe have gotten a head start on the next iteration of Vikings football? So, so we're not. Re- I mean, even week one, we're not going to know. We're not. We're not going to know anything no. until like October or November. But so it's right. kind of a, an unfair speculative question, but. We tend to ask those on the show. We do. Dex? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm in wait and see, and also just they're, you know, they're gambling that they can run this back with it with the same core, with just a different philosophy in place. Um, I keep using that chef analogy, and I, I think that's that's dead on. All all the restaurants the same, the food's the same, the ingredients are just going to be prepared a little bit differently. So can can you can you make a better meal out of that? I, I just don't know. I need to wait and see. And, and I'm I'm just thankful. I think the thing that I'm, I am optimistic about is that you're leaning into an offense here. The NFL is now about offense, offense, offense. Kevin O'Connell's been with the Rams the last few years, one of the most explosive and smartest head coaches in the NFL. And I'm, I'm willing to give him the time to wait it out. But I'm, I'm a little skeptical on their gamble of just basically running it back with the same offense and, for the most part, same defense with core players. You know, so I've... I've they are running it back with a lot of the same core, but I like some of the other to carry Declan's sort of kitchen analogy forward here metaphor. I like some of the ingredients that they've brought in. You know, maybe the maybe the fillet is the same. Maybe the the cut of meat is the same because you've got Kirk Cousins and you got you know Adam Thielen and Harrison Smith and your pillar players are largely still here. But mm-hmm. you know, the some of the little side dishes. I like the Harrison Phillips side dish a little bit better than the. Michael Pierce side did. Michael Pierce is a really good player when he plays, which he never does. The dude played less than 300. I'm pretty sure he played fewer than 300 snaps in two years with the Vikings. When he was on the field, he was very good. Harrison Phillips played like 600 snaps last year with, uh, with Buffalo, right? So I like I like that. I, I Chandon Sullivan is better than Mackenzie Alexander. So I like, you know, he's not a great slot corner, but Mackenzie Alexander was awful. I like the two defensive players they drafted in the first two rounds to help bolster the secondary. So they've added some nice little side dishes here to what they had last year. And they're betting that with better ingredients and a better chef, that they can get more out of all of these things. And so, again, I think the audience knows where all of us stand here by now, but I would have traded Kirk Cousins for a first or second round pick and moved on to just a different iteration. But when they decided what they did, I think they've done a pretty damn good job restocking things. So I like. I also like personality-wise, I mean, you can even just tell in that clip 
of Kevin O'Connell on with Pat McAfee and AJ Hawk. It's like the guy is just sort of a he's just a likable, good human, and, and people describe him that way. I don't know how many people were describing Mike Zimmer that way at any point during the eight years, especially the last two years. And not that that should be the be all end all, but that is the. It is 2022. It is not 1992. It's not even 2012. There's a certain way that you have to connect with players in today's age. And Kevin O'Connell, will again, we'll see on the field if he can actually coach, if he can actually manage a game and, and everything. But I think his personality has a much better chance of connecting with guys in 2022 than Mike Zimmers does. First-year coach, it's still going to be tough, but I like where they're going with this. All right, question number two here for you guys. What do you think of a... I want a mock! Todd McShay's 2023 way too early mock draft. I love how he, he he writes like three or four paragraphs of disclaimers before he gets to yeah. the mock. Yes. He hates doing this. So he says the jet lag from Sunday's flight home from the draft is barely worn off, but I'm already digging into the 2023 class. This is in italics, an extremely early prediction. <laughs> I what? haven't spent much time with the 2023 classes tape yet, and a lot of this is based on what I've seen while watching prospects in person over the past two seasons and early buzz around the league. Expect big changes between now and next April. Uh, then he goes over some of the failures of his other way-too-early mock drafts. And then he says, then there's the draft order, which italics, I did not decide. He, <laughs> he, must, get, he must get ripped by people. You think this? Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. We Incredible. opted to project the order using the inverse Super Bowl odds from Caesar Sportsbooks. Okay. Okay. All right. So I have not seen this yet. So I'm going through this with you guys. Texans, CJ Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Lions, Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Will Anderson, is the first non-quarterback off the board in almost all these mock drafts. The edge rusher from Alabama to the Jets. Let's skip to quarterbacks here. Uh, Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback. The Panthers at six. Will Levis, Kentucky quarterback to the Giants at eight. Tyler Van Dyke, Miami quarterback to the Seahawks at nine. That's five quarterbacks in the first nine picks. God, I'm glad the draft is going to be back where it belongs Hell next yeah. season. <laughs> None of this BS and no quarterbacks. Okay, I'm still scrolling, scrolling. Okay, we we get to the Vikings at 14. Yeah, this is where they are. This is the story of their lives. And they take Clemson defensive tackle Brian Breesey. The Vikings had one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last season. Didn't draft a defensive tackle this year, and Dalvin Tomlinson's entering the final year of his contract. Uh, Breesey suffered a torn ACL in September, but he's primed to return for a big 2022 campaign. What are your thoughts? Okay, I've been giving this a lot of thought. And because it's not just McShay, I've been giving the whole thing a a ton of thought. Mock drafts, 23, okay? Because, I mean, Phil, you established. This is like a great quarterback draft, potentially. Now, mm-hmm. now it remains to be seen, but it looks like it's a big-time quarterback draft. If the Vikings truly are set to draft, let's say, 13, 14, 15, that clearly means that they had a nice, an okay season. Not nice. Okay season, but not a great one. It probably means that Cousins played okay, mm-hmm. but, but he didn't elevate them. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't get them into a top-10 pick. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, don't you more than ever need to 
look at drafting Cousins' replacement after 23 in this draft. So, like, I don't understand. Now, if you're going to have, okay, the Vikings are picking seventh. Then I'm like, okay, Cousins was really good. Like, this really worked. Like, Kirk might come back again in 24. Yeah, they would have missed the playoffs in this. Yes. So the more I think about this, and I know that these are done hodgepodge and it's done league-wide, so it's not like, well, let's really think about the Vikings. But we do. We think about the Vikings day and night. We do a show every day of the year on the Vikings. If you're going to draft 13, I think you're looking for Kirk's replacement, not a defensive tackle. Well, so you would have to. All right, I'm gonna let me crack the knuckles here. Let me pull open the Jimmy get, Johnson draft. Do you get my point? Value though? chart. Yeah, but hold on. But here's the okay. problem for your point. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because they have five quarterbacks are off the board before the tenth pick. Oh, I know what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So, go, so you're drafting going. 13. It's not. I mean, he didn't. Uh-uh. He clearly didn't mention quarterback in this uh-uh. write up. But you have to trade up. You have to yes. trade up. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So. Do you want to trade up? If you want to trade up to nine to get the fifth quarterback off the board, that feels like a huge reach to me. Ponder PTSD. But if you wanted, if you wanted to do that, go higher. Okay, how high? Okay, five. Okay, uh, top five. Uh, yep, five. So yeah, you want to trade? Five. Okay, let's, well, well, let's see here. Uh, you get the Lions pick. Yep. Yeah, so Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be the first two picks. They're gone, which sucks because those would be great. Yep. Kirk Cousins replacements. Okay. Then, then the third quarterback comes off the board at six, so you'd have to jump to five, okay? So to go from, and I believe they were 14th, so to go from 14 to five, you'd have to, you'd have to give 600 draft value points. Yep. Which means a future first-round pick. Yep. Or your second-round pick and maybe something else, but I think just in terms of the demand, demand is going to be high to be moving up for these quarterbacks. 100%. So you're talking about giving up a future first round pick to move up, almost certainly. You probably have to give up like a second or third this year, and then a future first just for the, the tax of outbidding the other teams. Yes. That's gonna that's gonna be a fleecing on the draft value chart. But I'm just saying, yeah. I'm sure the, the whoever trades out of that spot is gonna have four teams looking to get that third quarterback. Yeah. So, oh, this is why you had to get Detroit's first round pick. That would have been yeah. But I mean, that's not. That's the yeah, yeah. In other words, this is why I'm waiting to see. And then, and then, of course, there's a scenario where I think the more likely scenario, and I'm going against what Caesar says, is I think the Vikings are a playoff team. I think they're okay. You know, I mean, hell, I had them at 11 wins in our impromptu schedule pick, but let's say they're picking 20th. Everyone pretty much thinks. I would say 75 to 80 percent of Vikings fans think they're a playoff team, and so if they're a playoff team. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the lowest they would be drafting is 21st or 20th. Be 20th, right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, or 19th, whatever the hell. So that would put them around 900 draft value points. They'd have to, they'd have to accumulate 800 draft value. I mean, that would be then multiple. It would be like one or two first. This is like a Sonny Weaver trade, which was on last night on AMC draft day. So he should have been fired right. right away. What an idiot. I mean linebacker. that dude. That dude panicked and traded three first round picks. His positional value sucked too. He didn't and then get positional me- value. And then he met his owner at like a Valley Fair or something. He didn't get. And, a and the owner value. was like, "What are we going to do in the draft tonight? Like, you guys haven't discussed this yet." Yeah, that was awful. He was a terrible executive. It's why the Browns stink. Um, but if they make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs and they and they make a run, 
Cousins is coming back in 24 with a new contract. So, like, I'm, I'm, which, again, I don't love, but it's going to happen. So, like, if you miss the playoffs, but you're a middling team, that's worst case. What's more likely at this point that Kirk Cousins gets another miniature extension of some kind after this season or that the Vikings draft a quarterback in the first round of the 2023 draft? Well, if they're drafting 14th, he's going to get another extension. That's more likely. I think it's more likely. You tell me where they're drafting, and I'll tell you the answer to the test. Yeah, let's say they're drafting 14th or later. Extension. (laughs) We're just going to keep doing this every year, But you're going to want to. But but the problem is, at that point in time, you're probably going to have a desire to move on, and now you've hamstrung yourself, and you can't. I know. Amazing. All right, I think it's halftime now of Four Question Friday. I think we need to crack a cold one here. So what are we cracking? Well, we got the coffee mug, right? Okay. We got the coffee mug, and the weekend is just about here. The coffee mug is empty. There's no Java left in the coffee mug. But that's where Coffee Bender comes in. Oh, yeah. From my friends at Surly. And on this Friday, I want to do the most appropriate thing possible. I want to crack the coffee bed bender from our friends at Surly, oh, and I want to pour it into my coffee mug. And for the rest of this show, yes, that's I'll right. That. I'm going to be enjoying... Oh, that's great. A coffee bender. Yes. Because Surly Brewing, unlike the Vikings, and in general, Minnesota sports, always has my back. Gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers to the weekend. Also, cheers to the chill boys that old Macadac's rocking right now. Just feeling as comfortable as humanly possible. The most comfortable underwear on the planet. What's one word to describe how chill boys are making you feel headed into the weekend, boys? Thankful. Thankful it's the weekend. Thankful for the wild, uh, hopefully going up uh, two to one by the end of the day, and hopefully even up three to one by the time we all reconvene back on Monday. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my chill boys. I'm feeling cool. I'm feeling cool because chill boys presents a it presents a cool with its warmth that is phenomenal. Yeah. Chill boys is a Minnesota based company, but you can find them online at chillboys.com. Find out why hundreds and hundreds of Purple Daily and Scornoth listeners have changed their lives. Through Chill Boys. Just tell them uh, Purple Daily and Scorner sent you. All right, question number three here. I'm sure everyone by now has heard, or if you haven't, Ryan Tannehill was asked about, hey, Malik Willis is here. Now you're going to put him under your wing? And he basically said, and he wasn't, he wasn't like a super douche about it, but he said, I'm here to do my job and to compete. And if he picks some stuff up through us being around each other, that's great. But I'm not here to, I'm not, it's not my job to mentor Malik Willis. Right. Very much a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers kind of a deal. Right. Did you guys have a problem with Ryan Tannehill saying, it's not my job to mentor Malik Willis? Zero problem. Um, Now, if he's a jerk to him through his actions, that's a problem. But think about this for a second, okay? Tannehill, who I like, I don't love him, but I like him. He's good. Kirk's good, right? Think about if a guy like Kirk said, Malik Willis, I, I'm going to teach him everything I know. Okay, how many of those skills from Kirk or Tannehill are transferable to a quarterback who has a completely different style? Yeah. Um, but I really think that this whole thing comes down to, like, Tannehill was being honest. Professionals don't like to lose their job. So what's he supposed to say? I'm going to mentor him to take my place next year. He's not going to say that. Um, I appreciated the fact that he, he was candid. Now, if behind the scenes he's a complete jerk and won't talk to him, 
that's a problem. But we tend to run with, well, he didn't say I'm going to help him. And you know what? Sports is filled with frauds, right? How many guys have probably said, oh, I can't wait to help him out and then ice the guy out? So, like, you know, if he had said, Malik Willis, with the moment he gets in this building, I'm going to be like a father figure. And, and then he, like, won't talk to him. You're a complete fraud. I almost appreciate the fact that the Tannehill response wasn't completely fraudulent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think well, so. Tannehill's at this weird spot in his career too, where yeah, he's he's actually the highest paid quarterback in the NFL to the cap this year. Yeah, they kind of shoved some of that money down the road, but he signed that big contract. It's one of the, it's probably one of the worst contracts. Just because he's he's a good quarterback, but he's not a top ten quarterback, and it's going to be tough for them to keep building that roster. Correct. But I think they can kind of get out of it after the season, and for sure after two thousand twenty three. So. He's not guaranteed to still be a starting quarterback in two years from now. If he doesn't play well in 2022, he kind of moves into that. No, he's a veteran. He's just a guy that's going to bounce around now for the rest of his career. So Ryan Tannehill probably has to focus on Ryan Tannehill for 2022. But I thought it was interesting. And to your point, yeah, what there's some things I'm sure in film study and maybe maybe some things mechanically that Malik Willis can learn from a Ryan Tannehill or a Kirk Cousins or whoever it is. But his style is going to be so much more improvisational if and when he becomes an actual starting quarterback. But people were kind of up in arms about that. What do you think, Declan? Yeah, I didn't have too much of a problem with it. And yes, if he's if he's a jerk behind the scenes, that's, you know, a bit of a different story. Um, I, I don't know if it was, I think it was Kyle Long uh, or Chris Long, one, one of the offensive linemen tweeted out a video of like what it's like to, you know, be mentored behind the scenes and what it's like looking up to players who are established veterans. And there's so many things, as he detailed, that you can just learn from watching someone just by watching them go to work every day, right? Like, so, yes, if Ryan Tannehill's, like, legitimately shutting down Malik Willis in meetings and, like, not embracing him, that's a different story. But also, Malik Willis has the opportunity to just kind of watch what an NFL quarterback looks like. And I think, to be honest, outside of Tannehill not being a jerk, this is the most ideal situation for Malik Willis. Like, he he's not going to start this year. He potentially could start next year. He's still a project. I know he fell completely out of the first round and into the third round. And mock drafts people, mock draft community thought he would be a lock of a top five pick. I think for Malik Willis' sake, this is such a win for him. He gets to sit behind Ryan Tannehill and be groomed when he's ready to go. And and that's a great point, too. Sports is about observation, right? Like in, in sports, playing, management, our jobs, they're, they're competitive. And so, like, I, I love this whole thing of, well, are you going to mentor and take – I mean, think about how, how much we we learned. And, look, people can be nice and good, but you learn the majority of things, in my opinion, by observing, emulating, right? Like, it's not like, Pat Ricey, can I follow you around? Now, Pat's great and will help you out, but I learn a lot more from watching things. Mm-hmm. So, like, this whole pie in the sky, let's play nice. Oh, Ryan Tannehill, will you be my best friend? You don't need that. Observe, learn. And and here's the most important thing, too. You observe what not to do. Like, and that's not something like, hey, dude, you you really suck at that. I Thank you. Can you show me how not to suck at it? But it, it's observational. So you're like, I'm not going to do that. That person thinks he's smart, and he's not. I'm not going to do that. So, like... Life is sink or swim by observing way more to me than like relying on people and like, oh, you got to help me out. No, actually, you don't. Just watch what I do. And if you yeah. like it, copy it. I learned the most by watching Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp personally, just screaming at each other. Well, so, your Sharp impersonation proves no, that. Come on, no, Skip. Come on, no, Skip. You know, you, you're going you're gonna to tell me, Skip, the Dallas Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys, no best team ever. <laughs> no problem. 
This guy's that's a good one. No problem. All right, question number four here for you guys on Four Question Friday. It's our random question of the week. I got sucked in on Netflix to the rise and fall of Abercrombie and Fitch documentary. Oh, yeah. I got to watch this. It is. Listen, as a kid who went to high school from 1999 through 2003 and then was in college for this was like the Abercrombie era of. Now, I never personally got into Abercrombie. I always, I don't know, I just. I got sucked into some other trends here and there, but I was never really, I don't think I ever owned any Abercrombie apparel, but everyone else did, it seemed like. So my question to you guys is, what trends in fashion are you guys most ashamed of or were sucked into the most in your youth? Well, I I have no sense still of much of any type of fashion. I really don't. I know I wear these nice. I don't know, shirts. man. I think that that uh, bacon collar V neck. Yeah, you like that? Is there. Working well for you today. Uh, I, I've never had uh, had a big had a big fashion He's sense iron. in general. It's just not my style. <laughs> yes, I'm not Pat Legger, by the way, which a lot of people thought at at the vet line. I'm not related to Pat. Pat's not related at to me. At least five or six, six people, people came up yeah. to Pat Legger. Hey, Declan, Declan what's up, dude? Nope. He's like, oh, I am Pat. I am, I am not related to him. Uh, but what I do remember pretty well, uh, I, I loved me in elementary school and even like. Honestly, in the middle school. Uh, remember the cutoff shorts where you could, like, zipper off? You remember, like, the, like there are pants, and you could zipper them at the knee, and then they become shorts? That was a oh. thing, like, when I was, like, an elementary school kid in, in the mid-2000s. That was, really? a, that was a total normal thing that, like, you'd zipper off the bottom, and then they could be shorts. Um, okay. And then another thing that I remember very um, prominently, and I would wear these even just around because I was an idiot, uh... When I played baseball or basketball, I would wear armbands and even like sweatbands just all the time, all the time. Oh, like just in your not playing sports, you would just wear them all the time. So you're just you're just you're just walking around on a Tuesday a, at Target yeah. and you're wearing yes a wristband. Yes. What a d bag! Yes, <laughs> yes, hilarious. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, and you're just wearing a sweatband. Mm-hmm. Just rocking a sweatband. I, and I actually I saw this at the mall because someone I think was wearing one like when I was there last month. Uh, and and this started too, like when Melo got drafted and LeBron got drafted. Everyone had a headband, like a basketball head. They, like they kind of brought the headband back a little bit, and the stay mellow stuff. And I remember that vividly. There was it was a whole thing that like in middle school, people loved to wear those mellow headbands. Yeah. So the one I another one I never got sucked into, but you remember Jinko jeans from the early 2000s, oh, yeah. late 90s. It was like 98, 99. These oh, yeah. big, ridiculous, baggy jeans that... Oh, yeah. They they were just... The pockets would go down to your calves, basically. And these were just huge jeans. And, and it, it was always like the, the smoker kids would wear mm-hmm. the Jinkos, I feel like. But the ones I did get sucked into, there was a an Abercrombie-like brand. It might even have been an offshoot, but it was called Hollister. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they oh. still exist. Oh, yeah. I had Hollister stuff. Are they still exist? Okay. Yep. Still so Hollister basically said, we're going to charge you twice as much for those jeans and put a bunch of holes in them. Yep. And I was all in for like three years wearing just, was like, you know, my mom would ask her, I thought you said you got new jeans. I'm like, they are new. Don't you like them? She's like, why are there 19 Dude. holes in those jeans? Why are your boxers showing? Every <laughs> middle school girl loved them, the Hollister. And then even when you'd go into the mall, as you probably remember, feel like there was the model. Remember the model guy out there with his shirt off? And even yep. 
fun fact, Brother Liam, as the heartthrob that he was, helped open a Hollister, the Hollister at the Maplewood Mall in like 2007. Oh my gosh, dude. He, was, he helped <laughs> open that Hollister. So yes, I knew Hollister. I had a bunch of hand-me-downs from Brother Liam. I was not cool enough or good-looking yeah. enough to be rocking Hollister, though. There's also a Von Dutch documentary out there, too, just talking about the crazy sort of like murderous history of Von Dutch, those hats. That eventually became known as Von Douche, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. But that was another early 2000s one that people got into. That's mm-hmm. good. So Dawn has the ripped jeans now. Women yeah, they're kind are of, they're definitely them. They're definitely back in. Yeah, mm-hmm. She's got a pair. Because I always say, uh, those jeans got all ripped up. That's too, too bad. And she'll say, do you know how much I paid for these ripped jeans? And I'm like, why would anybody pay for ripped jeans? Um, I wore... Uh, Big in the was it the nineties or late eighties? Those acid wash jeans. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, man. Were they pleated too at the top? I don't remember, but they were definitely a big thing. And I felt like they fit big, which by the way I loved. I love clothes that fit big. Like that's comfortable. So I like that. Picture but they now in retrospect look awful. Um but but here's the real thing. It wasn't me, my parents in the seventies. The big collars, oh, yeah. all the crap that we wore yeah. it, back in the shag carpet days. There are some pictures of young Judd where I look like I'm going to a disco. Uh, thoroughly embarrassing now. Dude, there's thoroughly a, embarrassing. Have you guys been watching Showtime, the Showtime Lakers? I've seen the first three or four yeah. now. I yeah. Dude, love it. Good. It's I love so it. good. And Jerry, so Jerry Buss's character, every episode, he's got one of those Big, this is like late 70s, early 80s. One of those big-ass collared button-up shirts. Yes. And he's got the sport coat over it. But he buttons it down below his belly button. Yes. So he's just got this V-neck going down his hairy chest all the Go way back down. And look at old. That, that, was, that was totally <laughs> the norm. Men would have their chest hairs sticking out. Mm-hmm. My, my dad used to wear a big medallion chain and an unbuttoned sort of shirt like that. I mean, it's frightening to look. Dude, I am. I've. I'm looking up on Google Images. Jerry Buss, 1980s, and it's not quite that pronounced, but he definitely ha- He definitely shows the chest hair, big time. Absolutely. <laughs> and I guess uh, that's a great show, by the way. One last one, and actually, this is more of a recent one because my sister told me I had to stop doing this. Um, I, I, I have ditched the uh, the skinny jeans. I no longer rock skinny jeans. I wear. I'll wear like because I it just. Well, I don't have the frame. I don't. I just, they don't look good. I don't think they, they they look very good on my slender little. Did friend. your sister like? Was it like a come to Jesus discussion? Oh, or she what has was... been begging me, and in fact, I will say even I have no problem saying this that now that I, I when I first started dating Kelsey, my girlfriend, that she said, "Can you convince my idiot brother to stop wearing skinny jeans?" So that was only like and eight Kelsey, months ago. So it was an intervention. Yeah. It was an intervention with yeah. two important women in your life. Yes. And your girlfriend agreed, or she really? Care? You know what? She was like, "I think they're fine," and I don't know if that was just coming from a place of love and endearment. But uh, she thought they were fine. My sister is no, adamant. I think a girlfriend would tell you. Yeah. I think your sister might be sort of wrong here. Yeah, especially if you be. pose the question and, and leave the door open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll probably tell you. From That's the day true. that we met, Dawn has never not mocked my clothes if she does not like them. In, in fact, the night that we met, I'm not joking, I was wearing a pair of, of sort of bigger jeans, and they were green, and I wore them everywhere. She called <laughs> okay. me Mr. Green Jeans. <laughs> And I would wear them all the time. Mr. Green. I, I was once accused by a friend in the late 80s, I believe, of dressing like a Ken doll because I wear the same clothes all the time. I can't rip you too much for the green jeans. One of my favorite pairs of jeans when I was probably 12 years old was a pair of green Gerbos. Yeah. You guys remember Gerbo? Gerbo was a yes. huge brand Gerbeau in the 90s. Enormous. 
Yeah, I had a I pair of Greenger that. bows. Dude, mm. they were so comfortable, and I wore them constantly. You were great. Yep. And I was called Mr. Green Jeans. All right. So, yeah, check out that Abercrombie documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I think that sounds really good. Flashback to the early 2000s. All right. That's a wrap here on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings and fashion entertainment here. Mackie, Judd, Declan. We'll see you guys tomorrow.